0: So in Luke chapter 5 we're looking at the healing of the leper and uh, last Sunday we saw great heights that uh, the leper uh, reached Uh, coming through the crowd. It's an incident remember that shouldn't have happened a leper shouldn't have been near other people but this leper was determined he makes his way towards the Lord Jesus Christ he expresses his faith his unreserved faith uh, you can make me clean. You can do something nobody else can. You can make me clean. But his doubt he's there. Uh, he wonders if Christ is willing. Why should he bother with somebody like him? It's an advanced case. Parts of his body would have uh, dropped off. The nose dissolved, the smell, the effects, the voice. It's an advanced case, Luke says. He's full of leprosy. Jesus touches him. I am willing. <laughs> Be clean, the leprosy leaves him, he's fully uh, restored. It's an astonishing miracle, and we used it as a picture of the gospel. If leprosy is terrible, then sin is far more terrible. Leprosy has consequences for the here and now. Uh, Sin has consequences for the here and now, but also for eternity. It affects us in every area. And it means we can't go home to heaven. When we see our need, and when we see the glory of the gospel, that Jesus Christ alone, it's not religion, it's not morality, it's not trying my best, it's Jesus Christ who forgives sinners because he has the power through Calvary. He lived a perfect life for me, kept the law of God. He then dies as if he's the sinner. He rose again, proving it's all true. And because of Calvary, he has the power now to forgive sin but he also has the desire and the heart to forgive sin I mean how could you or I as a sinner come to Jesus and doubt that he's willing to forgive us if you're willing of course he's willing Calvary proves it his arms stretched out uh, come to Christ and know forgiveness of sins. so we used it as a gospel picture heights that the leper reached you can make me clean. Now we're going to consider the depths that the uh, leper, the cleansed leper, now rapidly plunges to. First of all, let's think about this command of Jesus Christ to the healed leper. And It seems like a strange one. Luke 5 and verse 14. And he, Jesus, charged him, the cleansed leper, to tell no one. That would be... Strange thing for me to say to a new convert. Now, don't tell anybody about this. Seems strange. He charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. Now, the question is why does Jesus say that? So the service finished last Sunday morning, and a couple were walking out here. We're having a brief chat, and uh, The gentleman said to me, and why did Jesus say that to the leper? Tell no one. So we had a brief discussion and uh, I thought, yeah, we need to open this up a little bit further. So that's what we're going to be doing this morning. Uh, Why that command? We did touch on it last week. The book of Leviticus is very clear. It's a priest who pronounces... A man unclean as a leper, Leviticus 14, and uh, if the leper feels he has been cured or the skin disease he has has been cured, he goes back to the priest and shows himself. Then after a week of uh, ceremonies and the giving of offerings, the priest pronounces him clean and he can go back home to his family and he can go back to synagogue and to temple Uh, worship but the priest needs to declare him clean so he'll need to make that journey from Capernaum or wherever he is uh, down to uh, Jerusalem that 90 odd mile journey and see the priest who declared him unclean as a proof to him the priest needs to know Jesus has got animating power cleansing power saving power and so go and do that okay But still, the question remains, why tell nobody? Why tell nobody? Seems so strange. Take the case of the the man possessed by the legion of demons. Let me look at the concluding part of the account about him in Mark chapter 5 and verse 18. As he, Jesus, was getting into the boat the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might go with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. Well, surely that's the that's the norm. So, so why tell no one? Well, a few points I want to, uh, to bring out. First of all, it's not tell no one ever. It is first, go and show yourself to the priest and then tell. There will be a time when you'll be able to tell. But first of all, do as Leviticus 14 says. Says there's no Leviticus 14 for the demoniac, there is for the leper. You go and show yourself first to the priest, tell no one until first of all your priority go and show yourself to the priest who declared you a leper. So it's not tell nobody ever, it's show and tell, right? A bit like Americans do in school. I think everything in America eventually comes across to Britain, so you've probably got show and tell in school as well. But it's show yourself and then tell about. It's not don't speak ever. It's first, show yourself. Secondly, very interesting point here. You do understand that every single Christian, we are the same, but we're different. We really are individuals. We have different gifts, different dispositions, different characters. One thing that should mark out a Christian gospel church is the variety of characters present. And so you ought to see different responses and different ways of doing things. If you go onto Queen Street, puts us to shame, you'll find lots of cults there, particularly Hare Krishna, they're very popular there. But if you join a cult, then you conform. To an outward appearance, so the shaved head, little ponytail, uh, you wear certain clothes and you do certain things. Uh, Cults generally, dress in a certain way, speak in a certain way, do certain things. You all have to do this particular routine. If a gospel church becomes too heavy in its shepherding, then the congregation will become very, very uniform yes sir, yes sir, three bags full sir, do exactly as the elders say. In a healthy church that's not the way it is. We express our different opinions and views and the great shepherd leads us in slightly different ways. So a case in point is Peter and his brother Andrew. Peter up front speaking to crowds. Andrew you never find him doing that, he's a quiet one. He works in the background, he he brings people to Jesus. He talks to a friend he brought, Peter. We're all different characters. With some of us, we're all keen to share the gospel, aren't we? Any, any Christian worthy salt or living or uh, you know, still with a spark wants to share the gospel. Some of us are more upfront by showing than we are telling. The life. But then when the words, we have the opportunity, we do use words. Some of us, we're just keen to tell it all to all and sundry. Uh, Our life needs to be there as well. Both are important. But there's a difference in emphasis and a spectrum between the two. So we need to bear that in mind as well. Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, might lead you in a different way than he leads me. And we have to accept that. And different emphases at different stages of life uh, as well. Third point I make about this, Jesus' command. We have to recognise the circumstances the leper was in and the circumstances that the demoniac was in. The leper was in the thick of it. Jesus is present. And Jesus... Is powerfully preaching in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the focus of the Gospels isn't on the miracles. It's on the preaching and it's on the message. Christianity is a message. I have a message from the Lord. Hallelujah. And it's only that you look and live. It's a message. It comes from Jesus. It's a message. And that's where the focus needs to be. And the leper is one of the exhibits. Here's exhibit A. Show and then tell. So Jesus is preaching. Listen to what he says. See what he's done in the life of the leper. Now, with the demoniac, he's the other side of the lake. Jesus spends just a, a brief time there. And now Jesus is leaving that area. Uh, he's not going back to the Decapolis. He's going back across the lake into Galilee. Jesus is leaving. The healed demoniac wants to come with him. No, no, I'm leaving. You stay, you stay, stay and say, declare to the people all the Lord has done for you. So they have different circumstances. So to answer the question, if you're watching on YouTube, remember that conversation we had here? Well, this is all developing from what you asked last week. So it's good to interact with the pastor. Uh, Same for last Sunday night, same for tonight as well. I had a conversation outside with uh, somebody about the Lord's Day. I thought we need to address this. So um, yeah, the pastor is responsive to uh, discussions and conversations with the congregation. Questions that need to be answered. I mean, is there a lesson here for new converts? Maybe we can be. Too quick to push new converts out and uh, have them share their testimony and their experience. And uh, maybe from our own enthusiasm, we're too quick to go out and speak. Maybe to let the life tell the story first is a wise thing. I remember my conversion from nowhere to Christ in a matter of uh, weeks and, uh, in Australia. And the first thing I did was I wrote a letter home to my mum and dad. And I thought, this is a wonderful thing to do. I'll testify straight away. And there were no mobile phones in those days and long distance calls had to be booked. It wasn't quite the windy up telephones. I'm not that old, but uh, it wasn't easy to make contact. I bought, well, to me, remember aerograms? Yeah, it was a piece of tracing paper you bought and you wrote on it and because it was very light and sent the aerogram back home. Well, obviously, I didn't make a good impression I mean, the central thing was I've been saved, hallelujah. And uh, by the way, I'm thinking about staying in Australia. Well, this, this was just enthusiastic stupidity. And uh, my dad was about to get on a flight and bring me home. He, he didn't uh, in, in the end, but I went home and then I was, I was full of it. Maybe, maybe, you know, looking back, hmm, is that the best way to approach things? But anyway, just to leave that thought with us. So there's the first thing, Christ's command. Now, secondly, the leper's response. It's indicated really in verse 15 of Luke chapter 5. We have a but, but now, even more, the report about him went abroad. The details are given in Mark's account, which is why I, I read it in particular See to it, you say, no one to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and uh, offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded. But but he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news. Start spreading the news. He's spreading the news. Every time I read that verse, I think about Frank Sinatras. He starts spreading the news. I'm leaving today. No, well, he's, he's so keen. He's so enthusiastic. Don't speak. Go and show. But, but he went out. He's full of it. Hmm. Was he wrong? You have a question time and thoughtful discussion about that. Was he wrong? Do you have any sympathy with him? Maybe you do. He's so full of joy. What a change. What a wonderful change in his life has been wrought. What a complete difference now for the leper. Do you have any sympathy with him? Was he wrong to have gone out and spread the news? Well, yeah, he was. He was absolutely wrong. This is sin. This is sin. In the hymn we sang at the start I call it my supreme delight To hear thy dictates Don't tell anyone Go and show yourself to the priest I call it my supreme delight To hear thy dictates And go and do as I like That's, see, That would be the hymn of That would be the honest hymn Of many Christians Let's, let's, let's be honest As Christ speaks today what are you and I going to do about it? Might criticise the leper. Maybe we've got sympathy with the leper because we have the same sort of opinions and thoughts. Well, that's what he thinks. But I'm so full of it, I'm going to... How, how do I respond to his words? Well, that's for somebody else. I wish so-and-so was here. They're not here. Get over it. You're here. I'm here. Hear thy dictates and... Obey. He was wrong. This is sin. So he goes from the great heights of faith, you can make me well, to the depths of rapid disobedience. See, Jesus wasn't ambiguous about what he said. Jesus is never ambiguous about what he says. The Ten Commandments are, are there. I haven't come to destroy the law. I've come to fulfill the law. There it is hear thy dictates. Jesus is so very, very clear. But here's this man, enthusiastic, there's the excitement, there's a misplaced zeal. Now our emotions are very real, they're very powerful, passions in our hearts. Never be guided by emotion. If anger is rising, don't open your mouth. Feel the red mist? Talk about biting your your tongue. Yeah. Be guided by his word, not by emotions. They're all over the place. And here's this, this man that throws new life, this wonderful transformation. Suddenly he's got fingers again. His nose, his skin is so beautiful. The smell uh, has gone. He can whip off the mask and... Uh, He just wants to tell people, no, first go and show yourself. And then you'll have time to go home and to tell all that the Lord has done for you. I think in the area of sharing the gospel, I don't think there's any danger of Jesus having to say to you and me, not yet. I think maybe we need that prod. Get out. Get out and speak and say and do something. So Jesus was very clear. The leper's response was one of... Disobedience. Now, the consequences were pretty far reaching for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it comes out again clearly in Mark chapter 1 and verse 45. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that, see, in his enthusiasm, he wants to help the cause of the gospel. But because he's not being guided by the wise words of Jesus Christ, he's actually going to be a hindrance to the gospel. How can sharing the gospel be a hindrance? In this case, it was a hindrance. He spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. The healed leper did harm to the cause of the gospel by being disobedient to the clear words of Jesus Christ. Whole villages missed out on hearing the gospel because he couldn't get in. People were cramming. People wanted the spectacular, not the regular, steady preaching of the gospel from eternity, invading time, sweeping people to eternity. It is interesting, though, that the leper gets no direct rebuke. From the Lord Jesus. Final point I want to make this morning then is Jesus's response, and it comes out in verse sixteen. Just a little on verse sixteen of Luke chapter five. I'm going between Mark and Luke, so I may be confusing you, but we're in Luke five verse sixteen. But this is Jesus now; he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Now here's Here's a big lesson. Jesus prayed. He withdrew. He prayed. He saw the need for for prayer. Prayer. Jesus in prayer. Now, he really is a man. Man, there is a real man. He's really also almighty God. He needs to pray. He gives us a pattern. He gives us an example. We need to follow him. He withdrew. He prayed. Now, notice prayer. 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 Prayer is so much emphasised in the life of Jesus Christ. I don't think he took a scroll out with him. See, Bibles weren't as freely available. He didn't have an iPhone with an app on as you or I might do or press a button and uh, the scripture is read to us. No, but the emphasis is on prayer, prayer, prayer. I'm sure he meditated on scripture and prayed it back his heavenly father the scriptures in his heart in his mind and he's forming his his prayer but he spends time alone with his heavenly father and now that's absolutely vital and coming to a conclusion of my 21 year ministry here as pastor I've ever told you the most important thing I've ever heard in 45 years as a Christian have I mentioned it here on any Occasions. I think of all the sermons I've ever read and all the conferences I've been to and the books I've ever read. Most important thing, vital thing I've ever heard was on the night I was converted when a man said to me, Every day, remember to read your Bible and say your prayers. But I want to make the emphasis on prayer. Prayer, because we can do that anywhere, anytime. What we have with the Lord is a relationship, and we need to keep that real. Natural. My prayer times are often as I walk around Hendra Lake with the dog. haven't got a Bible with me. Prayer. Remember days of being very, very busy talking to somebody just yesterday. Busyness of, of life. Use a car journey, use a bus journey, use a train journey, use the walk from Queen Street to the, the office. It's prayer. It's not a religious routine, it's prayer, it's relationship. Some of the best chats I have with Jill, and she sat in the little doorway there, I'm sure she's watching what's happening outside as well. Um, When we walk around the lake. Suddenly, things we haven't got time to talk about. There's time, there's time. And so, to pray. And Jesus knew the need to pray, and he withdrew. But keep it real. Keep that relationship warm uh, with the Lord through Jesus Christ. J.C. Ryle has got this to say and um, Dale Ralph Davis, I'd recommend this wonderful commentary on Luke's gospel. Um, he's quoting Ryle and that's one or two comments of his own. Here's Ryle to start with. There are few professing Christians, it may be feared, who strive to imitate Christ in this matter of private devotion. There's an abundance of hearing and reading and talking and profession and visiting and almsgiving, subscribing to societies and teaching at schools. And Davison adds and might we add attending conferences, writing blogs, posting on Facebook, tweeting and texting and Instagramming. And back to Ryle. But is there together with all this a due proportion of private prayer? are believing men and women sufficiently careful to be frequently alone with God. We close with this thought. Why is Jesus withdrawing at this particular point? The crowds are thronging around him. He's very, very popular early in his ministry. Now the healing of the leper opens the floodgates. People are pressing in to hear him, but he withdraws to spend time In prayer. What's Jesus' particular need now? Let's read this again. But now even more, the report about him went abroad. Great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Let's not forget ever that he is fully man. He's just like you and me. Sin apart. Now let's go back to Luke chapter four and the devil's temptations of Jesus Christ. Luke four and verse five, and the devil took him and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment and said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been given to me. I can give it to who I will. If you then will worship me, it will be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written you shall worship the Lord your God and only him shall you serve. This temptation to take glory now and to bypass the cross and the devil fails. But then we read this in Luke 4 and verse 13, and when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Now this is a subtle opportunity for the devil. See how popular you are. Remember what I offered you. Do you want to take it now? You could, you could, you could uh, march on Jerusalem with this crowd. You could have it all now. Bypass the cross. Jesus withdraws. And seeks his heavenly father. That he might remain focused. So many distractions, all the world distracting voices, all the enticing tones of ill, at thy accents, mild melodious, are subdued. And all is still. But we need Jesus withdrew to hear his Father's voice. We need to withdraw and to remain focused. The Lord Jesus Christ is our great shepherd He's also our great high priest. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. Tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. He's able to sympathise with you and me. We're going to finish now with a hymn we sang. I never sung it before until last Sunday evening. It's a great, great hymn. It was written by Synesius of Cyrene in 400 A.D. We've got a translation here. Lord Jesus, think on me and purge away my sin. From earth bound passion set me free and make me pure within. Lord Jesus, think on me with care and woe oppressed. Let me thy loving servant be and taste thy promised rest. Lord Jesus, think on me amid the battle strife. Here it is for Jesus. In all my pain and misery, be thou my health. And life. Lord Jesus, think on me, nor let me go astray. Through darkness and perplexity point thou the heavenly way. Lord Jesus, think on me. When flows the tempest high, when doth when on doth rush the enemy, O Saviour, be thou nigh. Think he's knowing that temptation. Here he withdraws to be with his Father. You and I are being tempted, we need to withdraw. And tell him about it. Lord Jesus think on me. That when the flood is past. I may the eternal brightness see. And share thy joy at last. Let's pray. Father thank you for this brief time. In your word. We thank you for the lessons we can learn. There's something for us as a gathered church. There are things here. In particular for us as individuals. We pray you'd speak to us. And help us to apply to our lives from this moment onwards the things you are saying to us now. Give us grace and power, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.